0: Lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated US-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let Lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on Lifelock Ultimate Plus at Lifelock.com/slash aware. Terms apply. What's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. So before – whoa, just hit my mic. We're off to a great start. (laughs) Um, Before we dive into today's case, I do want to give you guys a little update on the Lori Vallow um, Mm -hmm. trial, I guess you could say, Um, which, if you don't know, she was arrested for the murder of her children, uh, Tylee and J.J., Um, And she was actually set to go on trial in January of 2023, but now a judge has suspended her trial due to her competency. Mm -hmm. So at the time of her arrest, she underwent, you know, psychiatric evaluation and she was deemed fit to stand trial. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they are reevaluating her. So, she was originally supposed to go on trial with Chad Daybell, who was her husband at the time of the murders. Um, They were going to go on trial together. That was the original plan, but now they may not be tried together, depending on how this all plays out. Um, We don't have any updates as exactly when she will undergo the psychiatric evaluation. So, we don't know when the trial... You know, will start. So if they do deem her unfit for whatever reason, or you know, they decide to try them separately, Chad Daybell's trial may still be held in January. We don't really know, but we will keep you guys updated on our Instagram and TikTok probably, um, and then on any episodes you know as we get more details. Um, And if you're not familiar with this case, we did cover it on episode 32. it was kind of a hot mess. I was all over the place with all my details because there was so much. There were just so many cool. dates and stuff. And I think like it's
1: so, such a big case that there's been so much reporting on it. And then some of it is inaccurate. So you have to like make sure. Yes. And it's still ongoing. So it's like, there's right. New information that's here and there. So yeah, I thought, I still yeah. thought it was a great episode. I followed it just fine. So if you <laughs> need to know what's going on, go listen to that one.
0: Yes. So it's episode 32. Um, and. I mean, I hope that that she is fit to stand trial.
1: Well, it just – I mean, just in Monday's episode, we were talking about how the perpetrator in that case was Mm -hmm. deemed fit to stand trial after literally being hospitalized for his mental illness. So, like, if he was fit to – I honestly think it's just because of how big this case is and, like, how much publicity Mm -hmm. it's gotten that, like – She's pushing so hard to not have to face trial because she's not competent for it. But it's like... Like, <sighs> mm-mm, I'm sorry. If mm-mm. she's deemed not competent to stand trial, does she... They don't just, like, drop the charges, right? No, she would... Ha- I guess she would have to plead,
0: like, insanity. But right. But so she would still serve time at some capacity in like a mental health facility right she's not just gonna get away with this like right that would be insane i would literally just leave this country if that happened yeah i think (laughs) which who cares but (laughs) um but i think that yeah i think she's definitely capitalizing on how sensationalized this case has become Mm -hmm. and you know i think that she I'm not her psychiatrist, so I don't know, but I do think that from what I can tell, she's fit to stand trial. She definitely suffers from some mental instabilities. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that that necessarily means that she did not know what she was doing was wrong. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, but we'll keep you guys updated as we learn more and hopefully her trial will begin soon because, you know, some justice needs to be served for these children because they absolutely did not deserve what happened to them.
1: No, not in the slightest. Well, we will definitely keep you guys updated on that. And also before we get into today's episode, we wanted to update you guys on the huge Adnan Syed news.
0: Major. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm excited. I have to say that. Okay. Yeah.
1: And this just came out this Tuesday, October 11th. But the charges against Adnan Sayed have officially been completely dropped. What? Oh oh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to the podcast Serial, but I'm sure you do know because a lot of people or Undisclosed or people undisclosed. came for
0: me about just mentioning Serial. I was like, Yeah.
1: I haven't listened to Undisclosed. Well. I'm
0: very sorry. I haven't. They're they're all spread out, so it's like I I can't my ADHD doesn't allow me to like yeah figure it out.
1: <laughs> I understand. Um, it took me a while to like download them and listen to them. Um, yeah. but those are both very good podcasts about this case. But back in September last month, Adnan's uh conviction was vacated, which basically meant. He just wasn't convicted, but he was still charged of murder, kidnapping, and robbery. Murder, robbery. Murder, robbery. That's where I got murdery. Um, Right. (laughs) But he was still charged with those three things, and then basically they were investigating to decide if they were going to try him again, and he was released from prison while they were investigating after spending – how long has he been? 20 years? 23 years. 23 years, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he – was released from prison but today tuesday two days ago when you're hearing this his charges were dropped and this is because dna analysis was done on never before tested evidence from hayman lee's shoe and the dna analysis came back showing it that dna belonged to four people not one of them being adnan
0: that's so insane dude At who like, I, need, I know oh my god
1: I know, and so the state attorney has said that they are committed to finding and prosecuting Hay's killer. And other than that, they haven't said anything about the case. Previously, they had said that there were two suspects that they were looking into, um, one of which, at least one, had like basically means and motive, meaning they could have done it, mm-hmm. and that had been like heard threatening Hay before. Oh. So if you ask me my thoughts on the two suspects are don hay's boyfriend mm-hmm. the person she was actually dating at the time of the murder and then mr s who ref- is the the nickname to refer to the person who found the found hay's body wow but that's just my speculation. I don't know. Maybe right. Jay could be one. I There's a lot of discussion about who it could be. We really don't know. But hopefully they are working on leads and they'll find more and somebody will be properly charged and convicted of Hayes murder because she deserves freaking justice. It has been way too long for justice yeah. to not be served.
0: You're absolutely right. And imagine spending 23 years of your life...
1: In prison. in prison
0: because of something that you did not do yeah. like bro
1: that is and not only have you maintained sick. your innocence and they have like i mean serial has showed a lot of reasons why you are innocent but now literally dna evidence is clearing why you. did it take so
0: long
1: uh yeah, yeah. God, my it's heart ridiculous. goes out to him like uh makes me so mad and I will say, if you guys listened, I don't know what episode it was on, but the last time we did an update on this when his conviction was vacated, I said I'm, like, 70-30 or 80-20 that he's mm-hmm. innocent. I'm now, like, 90-10. Like, there's still a small part of me that can't fully, completely rule him out until I learn more about what this DNA was. Like, all they said right. it w- was that it was on Hayes' shoe. So, like, I need to understand, like, why that was yeah you know, something that could rule him out because like a shoe like
0: i mean your shoe goes everywhere you know yeah exactly it could have walked on anything so
1: unless yeah. it was like sperm or blood that's what i'm thinking because if it was then absolutely then i think he's 100 percent innocent but there's just a small part of me that wants to stay a little bit skeptical but i'm way yeah. more convinced now yeah well, So you know where I stand, <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows. If you didn't know, Andrea's 100. percent He's innocent, and Team I think innocent. a lot of people are like that.
0: Yeah, but some people aren't. Some people are like, yeah. "I am," and I'm like, "Damn, why? Like, what? What are you? What are you saying that I'm not? That's that's always my thing. Because like, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if it's wrong or I don't agree with it. <laughs> but <laughs> But like, I want to see from your perspective, like, tell me why, what am I, yeah. not, what am I not seeing?
1: You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we just wanted to share that That's before the we get into today's episode and, uh, and yeah, I'll get right into it then.
0: You've probably heard of the term microdosing, which is commonly used in reference to psychedelics. All sorts of people are microdosing daily
1: to feel healthier and perform better. I actually have heard really good things about microdosing, and I've been really curious what it's all about.
0: So microdosing is used in a number of ways from helping treat anxiety, post-workout recovery, sleep, and pain management, which sounds awesome. Yeah. That's why I'm so excited to share that today's episode is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. And the product I'm sharing with you is the Microdose Gummies, and they have the perfect entry level dose of THC that can help you boost your creativity and wellness. As you know, I'm a mom of three, and my days can definitely get a little hectic, but <laughs> I tried the Microdose Gummies, and not only do they help with my anxiety, But they also help
1: me focus better on my day-to-day activities, which is like supreme. (laughs) That really sounds amazing. Honestly, I feel like a lot of us could use that. The idea of microdosing honestly sounds so much more appealing to me. It doesn't sound super intense. And it's just a way to kind of take the edge off, control anxiety, which I know a lot of us have. And the best part is microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code INHUMAN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. And the link to that can be found in our show notes. Again, that's microdose.com,
0: code INHUMAN. On November 3rd, 1998, Maddie Clifton walked outside of her home in Lakewood, which was located in Jacksonville, Florida, and went over to her neighbor, Josh Phillips' house, to play baseball. Josh was home alone, and even though he wasn't allowed to have anyone over when his parents weren't home, he reluctantly somewhat agreed to play. Okay. Josh was 14 years old, and Maddie was 8. Hmm. But... Despite the age difference, the two would often play outside, and soon they did develop, you know,
1: a friendship. An innocent friendship. Okay. That's just a big age difference because when you're a kid, like, that's elementary school versus high school, basically. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's hard because, like, I think about when I was a kid and, like, the neighborhood all, like, kind of hung out. And there was varying ages especially in my grandmother's neighborhood there was like teenagers hanging out with like little kids like we had little little kids like four-year-old yeah. you know but it, we were like all hang out together it wasn't one-on-one necessarily yeah ugh. but nonetheless maddie's parents weren't concerned about their relationship um they thought josh seemed like a nice kid he was friendly he was kind of quiet but he was kind towards their daughter which they did appreciate because you know some teenagers could be like ugh. This yeah. little eight-year-old, like, I don't want to play with her and, like, yeah. be mean to her. But he was Aww. he was actually really sweet with her. Okay. So, as the day progressed and 5 p.m. came around, Maddie never returned home. And she was supposed to because they were going to have dinner. So, naturally, her parents, worried sick, they notified police. Okay. The, the police did act quickly and they began searching for Maddie. Hundreds of volunteers showed up for their support to help find the missing eight-year-old. What they soon would uncover would change their lives and their community forever.
1: Hmm.
0: Madeline Ray Clifton was born on June 17, 1990 in Jacksonville, Florida to Steve and Sheila Clifton. She had an older sister named Jessie who was three years older than her. Maddie and Jessie were not only sisters, but they were best friends.
1: That's like me and... Like me and my yeah. little sister are about three years apart. And like, well. I know, I literally thought
0: about you guys when yeah. I was writing that. I was yeah. like, oh, because that, like, you can relate to that. Mm. And the Clifton family, they were just close in general. They were just a tight knit family. You know, they had pretty much lived in the same area their whole lives and, you know, did the same types of activities. And they just loved being around each other. Oh. Maddie also loved playing piano and she had a knack for basketball. Her super sweet, freckled face was forever smiling, and she was known to always root for the under- underdog. Maddie just loved life. Simple as that. Huh. Josh Phillips, her neighbor, was born on March 17, 1984, in Allentown, Pennsylvania, to Steve and Melissa Phillips. His father, Steve, battled with addiction and was known to have a violent temper and would often take out his aggressions on his son and wife. He was very strict with Josh. And as I mentioned earlier, he would get angry if Josh had other children in the house when he was not around, especially young girls. So in one of the, one of the, um, sources I read, I guess it was testimony from his wife, uh, Melissa, that he would get, especially, enraged if josh was talking to significantly younger girls oh and she didn't really understand why like there was he never gave her any reasoning but she also mentioned and again this was in one source i don't know how credible it was but she said that when she was pregnant with josh she actually feared him being a girl oh
1: Interesting.
0: Okay. Take that what you will, but I just thought I would throw that in there because it was mentioned in one of the sources and it just seemed kind of interesting. Interesting. Okay. So Steve eventually relocated his family from Pennsylvania to Florida and Josh was separated from his half brothers, Daniel and Benji, which affected him greatly because he was really close with them. Okay. So, Josh was known by his peers as quiet and friendly, and his teachers reported that he was an average student who was fun to have in class. And up until this point, Josh had no prior history of violence. Okay. But on November 3rd, 1998, all of that would change. Maddie came home from school around 4.30 p.m. that day. She practiced her piano, and then she decided she wanted to go outside and play. She first went to the yard of a 16 year old neighbor and I guess the neighbor didn't want to play or she wasn't home. So she returned back to her own yard. After a little while, she ventured over to Josh's yard and according to Josh, she asked if he wanted to play baseball. So that's a, an activity that they would sometimes do together because that was, you know, something they both had interest in. So he agreed while they played, Josh claimed that he accidentally hit a baseball, and it hit Maddie in her eye. Her eye then began to bleed, and Maddie started to cry and scream. Josh panicked, knowing that he wasn't allowed to have people over when his parents weren't home. And according to later testimony, Josh said that he feared what his father would do if he found out that Maddie had been there and gotten injured. Okay. As a result of that fear, he then dragged Maddie into his house. He claimed that as he dragged her into his home, her bottoms came off, her shorts and her underwear. Okay. He stated that Maddie would not calm down. She kept screaming and crying. And so in an effort to get her to quiet down, he began hitting her with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. Once she finally stopped screaming, he then shoved Maddie under his bed. Oh, my God. A few hours later, Steve and Sheila arrived home, and Josh acted as though everything was fine. He spent some time with his parents that evening, and then he eventually returned to his bedroom. Once in his room, he heard Maddie begin to moan underneath his mattress where he had hidden her. Terrified that his father would hear her... He lifted up his mattress and he stabbed Maddie seven times with a Leatherman tool and then slit her throat before putting her body back underneath his bed.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. So the search for Maddie continued and more than a thousand people from across the across northeast Florida combed the area and searched for her. And passed out missing persons flyers. Police went from house to house in the neighborhood asking if anyone had seen anybody or anything out of the normal. The search continued for seven days and
1: it was like a three ring circus. All the time. All the while he knew she was under his bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The
0: activity in the neighborhood was nonstop. Maddie's family even appeared on TV and begged whoever had taken her to please let her go. They offered a $2,000 reward for any information on her whereabouts. During the broadcast, her parents addressed Maddie directly saying, quote, Maddie, if you're out there and you can hear us, we are ready for you to come back home. Please come back home. After the broadcast, you can see her mother sobbing, and everyone in her family is wearing T-shirts with Maddie's picture on them. Hmm. I know it's so sad. I literally can't.
1: You might not know this, but like, was his family obviously at that point? They didn't know, but like, were they involved in the search and like yeah. talking to? He her was involved family? in the search. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh,
0: jeez. Yeah. So, National Guard troops were called to search the sewer system looking for any sign of Maddie. Like I was saying, even Josh joined in on the search. Witnesses. Oh God. Witnesses from the search described Josh as acting normal, but noticed it appeared he had recently taken a shower. So literally like, you know, like I said mm. they acted fast, the search immediately began. So he took a shower to clean up mm-hmm. and helped search for her. Okay. The next day, a Jacksonville Sheriff's Office detective spoke with Josh about Maddie, and he stated that he had seen Maddie the day before, but had not played with her.
1: And at that point, like, nobody knew that she had- Listen to this. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. So,
0: when he questioned Josh, they sat on his bed.
1: (gasps) And she was right underneath. She
0: was right freaking there, man. Right there. Wow. Yeah. So Josh later testified that he was trying to ignore what he had done, saying, quote, that was my defense for everything as a kid. If something was wrong, ignore it. It will eventually go away. But this situation would not simply go away.
1: Mm-mm.
0: On November 10th, Melissa Phillips, who is Josh's mother went into her son's room and noticed a wet spot on the floor. Josh had a waterbed, so she assumed his bed must be leaking and began investigating to see where the leak was originating from. To her horror, under Josh's bed, she found Maddie's body.
1: Oh my God.
0: So, she couldn't see everything, She could only see, like, her legs and her feet, but she knew immediately who it was. She just knew. Yeah. She then ran across the street to find police officers because she knew that they were literally right across the street at the Clifton's home. Right. And she, unfortunately for her, because I cannot imagine having to make that decision, um, had to share with them what she found in her son's bedroom. The officers, along with Josh's mother, went to his room and opened the door and there they saw two small feet with white socks sticking
1: out from the bottom of Josh's waterbed. Thank God she did that. Like, obviously, we've talked about this before and how, I mean, I think you'd have to make the decision to yeah. do what's right. But how challenging it would be to, like, not go and just Turn confront your, your son, son first or protect right. him. Like, so good good for her for For doing that, because ultimately, clearly, your child needs help, and right, they're gonna get the help they need, hopefully.
0: And your instinct is to like protect your child at all costs, but this is another
1: person's child, you know. Like, and
0: I have to do something.
1: Yeah, and I feel like protecting your child at that point includes making sure that they get the help that they need. Absolutely, because absolutely, you know, if they if they do this once who knows if they can do it again and they might get hurt or whatever like xyz but you have to protect them in that way too right so police also noticed
0: a strong odor permeating the room and they immediately sealed off josh's bedroom as a crime scene okay during their search police found several types of air fresheners they found incense rolls of tape and a baseball bat that had been hidden behind the dresser, as well as the Leatherman tool that he used. Okay. Police then went to Josh's middle school at A. Philip Randolph Academies of Technology, and they arrested him. Yeah. Within hours, Josh confessed to the brutal murder of eight-year-old Maddie Clifton. On November 16th, prosecutors announced they would be trying Josh Phillips as an adult and would ask a grand jury for a
1: first-degree murder indictment. Wow. I mean, I feel like in this case, that unfortunately is what needs to happen because he made the cognitive choice multiple times to hide
0: multiple times
1: yeah like even if he was afraid of his dad's reaction or whatever after she got hit in the eye she could he could have dragged her back to her house and then left her there yeah
0: like no you're right he didn't
1: have to do what he did and multiple times he made the decision and so those are adult decisions you have to face the consequences he essentially killed her multiple times if you think about it yeah because he thought he killed her and then had to do it again
0: exactly on November 19th, a grand jury indicts Josh for first-degree murder. He is then moved from the Juvenile Detention Center to the Duval County Jail, where he is held without bail while he awaits trial. His trial began on July 6th and was moved from Duval County to Polk County over concerns about the, pub- the pubis- bu- pub-
1: oh my publicity
0: publicity. I don't know why I'm trying to put an L in there Um, in Jacksonville. According to Jacksonville News 4, prosecutors argued that the attack and murder was sexually motivated as Maddie was found by police with her lower garments missing. Josh's lawyer, Richard D. Nichols, argued that Maddie's clothing came off while she was being dragged into his room and he said that her death was, quote, an act that began as an accident and deteriorated through panic that bordered on madness. Which, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Maddie's autopsy did reveal that she died from multiple blunt impacts to the head with multiple skull fractures. Stab wounds to the neck may have also contributed to her death, but... There was actually no signs, no evidence of any sexual in- injury, the medical examiner concluded. So, that doesn't necessarily mean that there was not some kind of sexual, sexual gratification, but right. I, I think it's fair to say that it is likely that the situation played out the way he described it. Yeah. Um, just because there's no evidence to prove otherwise. But there is some other, like, differing evidence that we'll get into a little bit later that kind of debunks that. So just keep that in your back pocket for now. Okay. So during the trial, Nichols, who was Josh's uh, defense attorney, did not call a single witness for the defense. Oh, my God. Which a lot of people would consider a risky move. Yeah. He also did not have
1: Josh
0: take the stand, which that's not that uncommon usually. Yeah.
1: I probably wouldn't with a young kid like that. Yeah. I feel like I they would. they might just get
0: flustered in the moment and just say anything. Yeah. So as I was just mentioning, there was a lot of um, conflicting evidence during the trial, such as there not being any dirt on Maddie's lower body that would be consistent with Josh's story of how her bottoms came off from being dragged. Okay. Which, I I mean, I don't know. I mean, if he drug her through the house, too, like, I don't know. It could have. Yeah. Yeah, if there's carpet, you know. There allegedly was no blood evidence on the baseball that supposedly hit Maddie and caused the panic-induced murder. Okay. Again, I don't know. He could have wiped it off. Like, I don't, you know. Yeah. Um, But there was also no blood in the backyard where they were allegedly playing the baseball game. So, that's interesting. It's all very interesting, but it's very circumstantial, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and it was like after it had happened, maybe it had rained, maybe, like, I don't know. It just... Yeah. Maybe the spot in the yard wasn't the right spot. Maybe
0: she didn't bleed to the ground. The ground. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Another bit of um, information or evidence that the defense tried to introduce were that during his initial um like meeting with psychologists and things like that, they did a neurological scan
1: mm-hmm. and it
0: did show bilateral lesions on the frontal lobe of Josh's brain. Oh. Which those type of lesions can be linked to issues with panic and impaired judgment. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Josh's trial, but they weren't allowed to submit that. So okay. the jury never saw it.
1: And I feel like that's not definitive.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, is it definitive? I mean, I guess it's not because it's... I don't know. Well, I feel like... Because if you think... You know what those part of your... Like, that part of your brain controls.
1: That's true. So if it's impaired. But there's so little known about the brain. You can't say that that directly led to that. And that, along with all the other things and the fact that, like, he made the decision multiple times. It wasn't like a panic moment like it was later on that he several had moments yeah. yeah so that yeah. yeah like it may have led to it but then i think there was more going on there yeah i do too and i do fact you know i do sympathize and try to factor in
0: the fact of like the volatile relationship he had with his father yeah and the fact that he probably did fear but Jesus Christ, like, that is extreme yeah. to vo- avoid getting into trouble.
1: Yeah. Like, he could have literally sent her back home and, like, threatened her to not say anything, and she probably would have listened to him. Like, you didn't have yeah. to go that far. Right.
0: So, Josh's trial lasted two days, and the juror- the jurors deliberated for a little more than two hours before finding Josh Phillips guilty of first-degree murder. Wow. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Wow. Luc- luckily for him, he was not eligible for the death penalty due to his age at the time of conviction because he was only 15 at that time. Wow. Yeah. Because if he would have been 16 or older, he probably would have got the death penalty. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. But he would have been eligible for it. During his initial years in the Marion Correctional Institution, Josh was deemed a model prisoner by all accounts. Okay. He completed his GED and later took some college classes. Josh assisted inmates with their appeals and also worked as a tutor. He has appealed his sentencing several times since 1999. In 2002, Chief Prosecutor reaffirms the ruling The 2nd District Court of Appeal in Lakeland said that life in prison was not cruel or unusual punishment given the brutality of the crime. And as a result, the state State appeals court upheld Josh's life sentence. Good. I agree. Yeah. In 2005, another appeal was made due to Josh's lawyers feeling that that a second-degree conviction would have been more appropriate based on his age
1: which i don't necessarily agree with but i don't think that you can say a second degree conviction because of the age yeah like it, maybe he maybe you could argue he should have been tried as a juvenile yeah not yeah. that cuz second degree murder it that doesn't have to do with the age it has to do with right like premeditation yeah if you tried to do it although that being said i don't know if he should have been charged with premeditation true because i mean i don't think he i
0: don't i mean we don't know that he like premeditated to like to kill her prior to her coming over because how would he he even how would he have even known she was going to come over that day
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah because it's not like they play together every single day yeah in November of 2005, the Supreme Court of Florida set a hearing for December 21st to discuss whether Josh deserved a new trial. Okay. So they work; they did consider it, but it wouldn't be until 2016 when Josh was granted a new sentencing hearing, and it resulted in him being resentenced to life in prison once again. Okay. So in 2017 and 2019, he had a resentencing, and both he was resentenced to life in prison. Okay. The latter ruling, however, is scheduled to be reviewed in 2023 and could possibly result in Josh being paroled, oh, because okay. his lawyer did fight for him to do 25 years and be considered for parole, because initially he was not going to be considered. And he wants him to have time served. So next year, I mean, he could potentially get out. Wow. That's crazy. He's, I know. And he's had like, I mean, he literally has ha- had like a clean bill his whole time in prison. Yeah. And um, so he got evaluated by psychiatrists in jail, obviously, through the years. And they have – I mean, they have stated they think that he's fully rehabilitated and that he could become a normal member of society. Wow. So we'll see how that pans out. That's
1: so wild that it could just – I mean, you want to believe in, like, the rehabilitation system. Like, you want to believe mm-hmm. that it could be true. But also, what if something made him snap? You never know. Yeah. And what if he – Snaps again.
0: You yeah. Know? So during the 2017 appeal, Josh's half-brother that I mentioned earlier in the story, Daniel Phillips, told First Coast News, quote, I wish Josh had never left Pennsylvania. I could say that a million times, and that's not going to change anything. Our father took him away from me. He would have had me. He would have had Benji. He would have been an uncle to my kid, and he would have assimilated into my life here. But when they went down there he had nobody and that was my father's choice. It didn't matter, you know. How much we begged him not to not to. My father did what he was going to do and nobody would have had anything to do with it. And their father Steve passed away in 2000 from a vehicular accident, so Oh
1: wow. Oh, that's yeah. so sad so, that like he not only took an innocent young life, but he ruined his life as well. Mm -hmm. He clearly is smart and, like, could have gone on to do great things. Yep. So Josh
0: claims that, you know, he is remorseful for what he did to Maddie. And although he is not sure if he deserves a second chance, he said he would gladly grab it with both hands and do better if given one. During his resentencing, he said, quote, I did something horrible. I am so Sorry. So sorry for what happened. I wish to God that I could have known this or understood this when I was 14. Hmm. Had I then, none of this would have come about. I had no clue what life meant, what death meant, nor the depth of suffering that could follow one act.
1: That's so, I mean, I really want to believe that he's rehabilitated, but then you think back to what he did. And it's like, yeah. even if he is rehabilitated, does he deserve to it's go just so free? Brutal. It's yeah. so brutal. It's so brutal.
0: Yeah, Like, if he would have hit her in the head with the baseball bat, as awful as that is, like, during them, you know, playing, yeah. and it did end in her death, that's one thing. Yeah. But he chose to hide her body. He chose to continue to try other ways to get her to be quiet. Yeah. The moment of panic had passed, in my opinion. I, I don't agree.
1: know. No, I agree. I agree the moment of panic have has passed had passed and honestly like as sad as it is even if he is rehabilitated sorry but you still committed a crime like yeah you know it's sad but like you you still committed a crime and so you have to pay for what you did even if you're not that same person like right and um, i don't think he's that same
0: person i do think that he has like learned From what he has done, as stupid as that sounds, because, like, how do you learn from something like that? But I do think that – I do think that he's remorseful. I do. I really do. But he still committed a crime at the end of the day. Maddie's family is hopeful that Josh's sentence will continue to be upheld. Her sister, Jessie, who is now 35, said at the 2019 resentencing hearing, quote, When I needed someone to talk to, there was nobody because nobody understood. Nobody understood me, and there were these days where I would go to the cemetery and I'd sit down in the grass because I don't have anyone to talk to, and I would just talk to her in the ground. I just can't bring myself to think that you should ever, ever be able to walk outside of prison because she can't. It's just not fair, and you should have to pay the consequences for that. Yeah. And there was another quote by her mother, by, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart, um, Maddie's mom, where she essentially said the same thing, but but they were saying that as a child, do you think it's fair that he has to spend his entire life in prison? Like, he literally grew up in prison. Like, do you think it's yeah. fair he deserves a life sentence? And she basically said... Her daughter was given a death sentence. She yeah. doesn't have the option to go and live a second life and have yeah. a second chance. So neither gonna should say. he.
1: Like, she, he took away her chance at living life. So his chance at living life, unfortunately, shouldn't exist. Like, he, yeah. Exactly. It's so hard because you do feel bad for it him is. and his family. And, like, he was also a kid, but he stole another kid's life. And even you if you're a better that. person yeah you don't get to just go and live free because she never got to do that
0: yeah and it does you know it sends a message that if you do these things you can get away with them and people do get off and get away with murder essentially yeah. i mean so the case that i covered what two weeks ago um jessica and rita mm-hmm. so we had some of our australian listeners actually write in because they said that my information was correct as far as how long she was set to sent or she was set to serve. Mm-hmm. So it was um twenty one years with sixteen uh non parole mm-hmm. years. So basically, at sixteen years, she was eligible to get out. Right. Instead of serving the full twenty one after literally cutting
1: her mother's head butchering off.
0: butchering her mother. So. Yeah. Like, in those cases, like, obviously, that's a totally different country and, like, the yeah. laws are completely different. But, you know, if it was, like, down to, I mean, that her deserving to to get out and to be a member of society and she had severe mental health mm-hmm. issues, it's just so hard because, like, people do get off for way less or for way more severe crimes. They get mm-hmm. off less time and then you have this person who was a child when he committed this murder and he's expected to live his whole life in prison like it it's it's hard i just yeah. i don't have the answers yeah and i don't know what the right thing
1: is you know yeah it, it is hard but maybe yeah. he should have been tried as a juvenile then and then it would have because yeah. then you're saying he is a kid when he is an adult he might be right. a different person but since he was tried yeah. as an adult it's like even if you're a different no person chance. you still have to pay for what you did Yeah. Oh, it's so hard.
0: So as that trial grows closer, we will, you know, absolutely keep you guys in the loop as to what's going on and the outcome of that. But our deepest sympathies are with Maddie's family because I cannot imagine having to relive this nightmare over and over and over again. I mean, we hear it all the time. So many families have to go through this, these appeals and resentencing and yeah while i do think that everyone deserves a fair trial and a fair retrial and they deserve you know in some cases to appeal at the same time i just i just really feel for the families because you know they're they want to be there they want to make sure that this person stays locked up yeah and that unfortunately is you know that means reliving all the horrific details of their loved one's death yeah Ugh. so such a tough case but that's the case of maddie clifton you know keep her family in your thoughts and prayers and pray for them as they you know embark on this new trial in 2023 and yeah i mean i hope that i mean obviously whatever's meant to be is going to happen but i really hope that you know i don't know i really don't know (laughs) yeah like, I just don't have – I just really don't know the right answer because it's almost like I wish there was some other thing that these criminals who have been re- rehabilitated to could go into to where they, like, they could still, like, go to work or, like, right. you know, kind of live a normal life, but they're still incarcerated in some way. Like, yeah. maybe they have their own apartment-type situation, but they still are confined and controlled as much as possible. yeah. Yeah. Because that way they're not out committing crimes. But I don't know, I guess that's just wishful thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. So Wow. But that is that is Maddie Clifton's case. That's all I have for you guys today. Rest um, in peace, Maddie. Such a sad yeah, such a sad, sad, terrible. I mean, she was and she was so freaking adorable. Like her she had the biggest brown eyes and Aww. freckly little cheeks and she was just so sweet and so I mean, you could just tell by looking at her like she was just sweet and caring, yeah. but... Oh. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for listening. We will have a new case for you on Monday. And until then, keep it human. Bye.